Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Association Leadership Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Association Leadership Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today, we have with us Henry Walmeyer with National Club Association. Welcome, Henry. Uh, thank you, Lee, for having me. I appreciate it. It's great to be here. Well, before we get too far into things, tell us about National Club Association. Who do you serve and how do you do it? Uh, absolutely. We are a trade association for private clubs. Uh, and this is uh, golf and country clubs, city clubs, athletic clubs, yacht clubs, uh, your traditional private membership clubs. Um, we have about 400 members. Uh, roughly 80% of those are golf and country clubs. Uh, and our main focus uh, here in Washington, D.C. is to be the voice of, of private clubs. Uh, we lobby on their behalf. We want to make sure that this $21.5 billion industry that employs 500,000 people have a, uh, have a seat at the table when there are uh, regulations and laws uh, being crafted or enacted that, uh, that affect the industry. Now, how did your association um, come into being? What was the impetus of its origin? Um, it was just about almost 60 years ago, uh, in 1961, uh, about a dozen private clubs got together to form the association because, uh, they wanted to repeal a 20% excise tax that was on, uh, club dues and fees. And it took about four years before it finally happened. Uh, so 1965, uh, that was repealed. And by that point, uh, about 50 clubs had joined the association. So that was interesting. And, and to me, it, it said two things is one, uh, nothing happens quickly in Washington, D.C. Uh, it took four years for that to happen. But then also, too, that, that there were strength in numbers uh, because there were members more members of the association, uh, they had a bigger and stronger voice uh, here in Washington, D.C. to to make something happen. Now, uh, it's my belief that associations play a key role in industries that they serve because they can be that voice and get the ear of people that are making decisions for them, (laughs) and sometimes with unintended consequences, as we've seen. But also, they serve a purpose in terms of being a resource during kind of chaotic times. How has your association helped those clubs during this pandemic? Um, you're right. That was something that uh, I am very proud of our staff uh, here at the association for what we were able to do. And, uh, you know, I always po- point to the date of March 16th. Uh, that was the first day that uh, all of our staff was, was working remotely, but also the first day that we had a webinar geared toward COVID. Uh, we had put out some information prior to that, but really hadn't done a whole lot. And uh, we had one of our members contact us and said that, you know, they, they needed information. Uh, they really needed guidance and direction. And so we put together a webinar. Uh, it ended up going about two hours. Uh, we had about five panelists on the webinar, uh, all subject matter experts in different areas uh, of the club industry, uh, including an epidemiologist. And we ended up having close to 2,000 people on this webinar, where normally we would have 40 to 50 people. Um, and one of the things that we did, we opened it up to the entire uh, private club community. Um, and from that point, uh, we just uh, ran with it. And we created um, a webinar series where we were doing two, sometimes three webinars a week uh, to, to cover all the different aspects and areas. Uh, we created a, a specific uh, coronavirus resource center 
uh, which included a website that had probably seven or eight different sections to it, all geared towards anything that a club would need to know uh, about uh, COVID-19, um, you know, how they should try to prepare or plan or, or what they could do. Um, and so it was, it was truly remarkable um, to see how the association was able to pivot uh, and what the staff was able to do, but then also to see the, the, the private club industry um, just really um, embrace uh, all the information um, and the products and the resources that we were putting out uh, because, you know, it was really helping them, uh, you know, during the, the most difficult time when they needed it the most. Right. And that's when those individual operators were, you know, scrambling. They didn't know what was what. They didn't really know how it pertained to their industry. And here you were as this resource to give them kind of good information on a regular, timely basis that pertains specifically to them and how they can navigate that. That's super important. Um, it, it was. And thank you. And, and you know, it's funny because, you know, they were looking to us, you know, as the expert um, on this. But again, none of us knew anything about this um, and there was no playbook. So we were sort of going at it day by day uh, and we were just listening to our members, what they wanted. Um, and we were, you know, going out and, and finding resources and, and solutions, you know, to cover those areas. And then we were turning it around in a day or two and, and putting it out there in a webinar or, or through our newsletters uh, or, or on the website. And it was just, it, it was quite amazing, you know, how fast things were happening. Um, but I think, you know, we all felt this, you know, sense of uh, of ownership and pride uh, here at the association to make sure that the private club community uh, was still viable. Um, you know, we were very concerned about, um, you know, what was going to happen to private clubs, you know, when you saw the, the downturn in the economy. Um, but, you know, thankfully, you know, that hasn't happened. Uh, you know, the downturn was, you know, not an economic one. Um, you know, there are different factors there. But, you know, we just kept plugging along and, you know, clubs uh, stayed relatively strong and, and healthy in, in their operations. Um, but, you know, we were very proud of what we were able to do. Uh, and we received a lot of great uh, compliments, uh, a lot of great reaction and feedback, you know, from members and non-members uh, who were, um, you know, participating, uh, you know, in our uh, events and, and our publications and, and our webinars. Um, and saying that, you know, it really, truly helped them uh, to get through this. So uh, it, it was, uh, you know, an opportunity uh, for us to shine. Uh, you know, we were, you know, we were tasked with something we'd never, ever had to deal with. And, you know, again, I, I credit the staff here at the association for, you know, really coming through and, um, you know, and delivering on, you know, exactly why, you know, people belong to an association because, you know, they need that association to represent them. And, and we did that. Now, maybe you can share a little bit about um, the importance of your members in their local communities, because they are a lot of times uh, the com a part of their community in terms of where the leaders hang out and a lot of important work gets done. Can you kind of uh, shine a light on your local members and, and how they're serving their communities? Uh, and absolutely. And that's one of the things that, you know, I love about the, the private club industry. It's, you know, not only the people, uh, you know, who work at the clubs and, uh, and, and what they want to do for their members, but it's also what the club does provide, you know, their local community uh, in terms of, you know, the number of jobs, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, if it's a golf or country club, you know, the, the green space or the open space that, uh, that is providing, you know, that community. Um, you know, especially them will have a lot of them have, uh, you know, taken on 
um, you know, the challenge to be, you know, much more environmentally friendly, um, you know, and that includes, you know, having, you know, different species of wildlife, um, you know, being attracted to the, to the course. Um, but then there's also, you know, all the, um, you know, local purveyors, you know, that clubs are supporting, uh, whether it is, you know, on the food and beverage side or, you know, on a hard goods side or, you know, just anything, um, you know, these clubs are really, you know, a, a very uh, important economic, um, you know, engine, you know, for their community, you know, and then you look at it on the other side too, is what they're doing for the community, um, you know, philanthropically, uh, whether it might be, you know, a city club uh, that has different things in terms of a foundation, um, that is providing scholarships, you know, to the uh, employees or to the children of employees for, you know, higher education, uh, whether it is, um, you know, going out and doing things, you know, in their community uh, to beautify that, uh, that city. Uh, it is, you know, the things such as collecting, you know, toys for tots or, or other things. Um, you know, there's just so many things that, you know, that private clubs do that are beneficial to their community that, you know, unfortunately, you know, doesn't get a lot of publicity mainly because the cl- the clubs you know, don't want to uh, publicize it. Uh, they just do it, uh, and they know that uh, they are you know helping that uh, that community. Uh, but again, it's you know from the economic side and the philanthropic side, um, they are that um, you know um, a, a major component of the community. Now, let's talk a little bit about your backstory. How did you get involved uh, with the National Club Association, and what drew you to it? Uh, I've been the president and CEO here, uh, uh, just coming on five years, uh, and I absolutely love it. It's true. If you love your job, you don't work a day in, uh, in your life. Uh, but my wife and uh, kids might, you know, say otherwise that, I, that I do work. Um, but again, I love it. Um, it's funny. It all started, um, way back, um, in, uh, 96, 1996, I was working on Capitol Hill, um, and I left the Hill and I took a job with an association called the Club uh, Managers Association of America. Uh, that was the name at the time. And I didn't know anything about associations and didn't know anything about private clubs. And that is a, a professional association for uh, managers of private clubs um, where they teach them their, um, you know, how to be a, a club manager. And so I was there for about five or six years and did a lot of different things and really fell in love with associations and in the private club industry. And then I moved on uh, as my career progressed um, here in Washington, D.C. to different uh, associations, uh, one in the trucking industry, you know, one in the food and beverage industry, uh, one in the parking industry. Uh, and then ultimately landed at the National Association of Manufacturers, uh, which is a tremendously large and, and, um, and very powerful uh, association here in Washington, D.C., and thought that I had found, you know, the job for me. Uh, I was their vice president of, of membership, uh, and it was great. Uh, but then the opportunity here at the National Club Association uh, presented itself, and someone contacted me about it uh, because they knew of my history uh, in the industry. And so I, I looked at it and I said, you know what, this is a great opportunity to come back uh, into the private club industry to be the head of an association and to really see what difference we can make uh, as an organization for an entire community. And so uh, I left an association where I was um, running a department that had about 16 or 17 uh, people, a $6 million uh, budget, 
uh, to now running uh, an association that has seven uh, people total and about a $1.6 million budget. <laughs> so uh, it was uh, coming to a, a smaller organization, but it's one that I have such a fondness for uh, and I just believe can be a, um, you know, a, a wonderful, strong um, association and really represent its members um, incredibly well and, and the way that it should. Now, any advice for a young person like you in your career, you kind of accidentally got involved in associations, but um, any advice for the young person who's looking right now and maybe hasn't considered working in associations, what are some of the kind of traits of an excellent association leader and that, uh, and talk a little bit about that career path where you really do make a difference in people's lives every day. Like at the end of the day, you feel good, I'm sure, about the work you're doing. Uh, right, a- absolutely, I, I do. And, and what a great question! I love it. And bear with me if I go on long, but this is a topic that <laughs> that that I love to talk about. Um, you know, in you know, I always say now, I said I, I wish. Uh, my school, I went to Villanova University, uh, and I said, I wish they would have had a major in association management. Because again, I didn't know anything about associations. But I think the thing that I love about associations is that you get to just build relationships and build upon those relationships with your members year over year over year. Um, You know, it's not a position where if you're in a sales position, you make a sale and then you move on, um, as I've done that as well. But it's to be in an association, you have the opportunity to really work with people year in and year out and build solid, strong relationships, uh, you know, with these individuals and with these companies. And that's something that, you know, I, I really love, Um, you know, and I tell uh, any uh, young person, um, you know, if they're in college or or just getting out of college, that they should look at uh, working for an association. Um, the great thing about associations is there's so many different jobs within an association. So whether you're more on the accounting side or you're on the business development side or you're on the educational side uh, or the operations side uh, or the you know government relations side, no matter what your interest is and what you want to do for a living, you can go do that most likely in an association. And then on the flip side, it's so great because no matter what your interest is, you can find an association that matches that interest. Um, You know, if you like, um, you know, sports, there's so many uh, associations, you know, for sports, you know, whether it's any of the professional leagues or uh, anything else. Or if you, you know, have an interest in medical, all the medical associations or, you know, food and beverage, um, you know, automobiles, no matter what your own personal interest is, you can, um, you know, identify associations in that field and then go uh, and, and work there. And so that gives you an opportunity to do what you have, you know, a skill set or an ability to do and do well. Again, whether that might be accounting or business development or, or lobbying, but you get to do it for an industry that you have uh, tremendous uh, interest in. And so that's why I, I really, really love associations. And I would encourage anybody to look at um you know, working for an association. Again, start with an industry that that excites you, something that you're just really passionate about. Um, again, movies or TV or radio or whatever it might be, you know, look for that association and then see what jobs are available there or, and what you can do there. And to your point of, you know, what makes a, uh, you know, a good leader um, in associations, um, it, it is that, you um, you know, full 
um, desire to really help uh, an entire industry. Uh, you know, I, I look at this as this is not just a job that I have, but it's my passion to be able to improve uh, the private club industry. Uh, and no matter what way that might be, whether it is education or, or through our lobbying or whatever it is. And so it's, you know, that, that strong desire and passion that I have for the industry, um, you know, helps me. But then it's also, you know, the empathy, um, you know, that I can have uh, and try to have for for my staff here at the association to understand, you know, what they're doing, what they're going through and and how I can can show that to them as we work together. Um, you know, we, again, we have there's seven total of us here. We're a small team. We have to work closely together. And by showing that, um, you know, that I think it's the best out of uh, out of the people. Now, what is uh, some at the end of the week? What are some of the things that happen where you're high fiving your virtually high fiving your staff nowadays? <laughs> um, well, it's funny because this, this happened today. Uh, I didn't even have to wait till the end of the week. Uh, my director of, of membership and sales, uh, when she she called me today because we got two new uh, members. Um, she was very excited about them. Um, so that's always one thing that I look at is you know are we continuing to grow? Um, you know, because I put everything into to four buckets here at the association. It's growth, uh, presence, programs, and advocacy. And growth is all of our revenue. You know, how are we doing on the revenue front? Are we growing members? Are we growing our sponsors? Are we growing uh, our, our, uh, our conference? Um, and then it's presence. You know, are we, uh, do we have a presence out in not only our industry, but on Capitol Hill, but in the mainstream media? Do people know who private clubs are and, and what they do and uh, how many people they employ and, and how they are good for the community, like we discussed? Uh, and then it's the programs. You know, these are the educational offerings that we put, to, put out there for uh, our members. You know, are we providing them with the information that they need. It's not just what we think that they need, but you know, it's what they need in order to be successful operators of private clubs. And then uh, the last, uh, but certainly not least, is the advocacy. You know, are we making a difference uh, on Capitol Hill? Uh, are we making a difference in the states? Are we, you know, changing legislation, or you know, are we at least making sure that our members know, you know, of what is happening? Um, you know, on the Hill, how it could affect their clubs, what they need to do to get involved. And then, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, that uh, that elections have consequences. And so, you know, we need to make sure that we are um, promoting the candidates um, and trying to elect the ones that will support the issues, um, you know, of the private club industry. Now, when you took over leadership of the association, um, did you kind of have a vision of this is, you know, what I would like this to be? This is where we can improve. This is the areas where I see growth. Have you been able to kind of uh, let some of that play out? Uh, I have. Uh, unfortunately, I, I, it's it hasn't been as quickly um, as I would like it to have been. Um, you know, when I, I came you know, in with that plan in those four areas. Uh, and everything that we do uh, filters into one of those four things. Um, we have seen good growth in terms of our membership, in terms of sponsorships, in terms of our, our conference. That's been good. Um, the presence is still um, not as strong as I would like. Um, again, uh, I, I have the stream that everybody knows who the National Club Association is and, and what we do. And that's not just in our industry, but that's anybody everywhere. Uh, I know that's, uh, you know, that that's a stretch, but you know, that's what I would like to have happen. Um, you know, programs, we are doing great. Uh, I, I, when I came on board, our 
um, you know, that it was a very uh, strong component of, uh, of the association was the education that we were uh, putting out, uh, and that continues to be strong. And our advocacy, uh, we've increased that over the last uh, couple of years or so to be much more active, um, much more bipartisan, um, much more uh, of, you know, a player, um, you know, on the Hill to try to you know, make things happen uh, to benefit, uh, benefit our members. So, you know, I, I had the plan. Uh, I think, you know, as Mike Tyson said, everybody has a plan until they get, uh, you know, hit in the mouth. Um, so I had that plan coming in. We got hit in the mouth a couple of uh, places here and there with some different things, um, you know, that I uh, unearthed, um, you know, as leading the association. Um, but we've been able to, to rectify those and, and, and move forward. Um, but I'm very excited about um, where we're able to go, um, you know, as an association. I still think there's a lot of, uh, of opportunities for us to accomplish uh, a tremendous amount. So now, um, as you look forward into 2021 and beyond, you know, once we get through this pandemic, um, how do you kind of plan for that? And um, how do you kind of get your members uh, focused and optimistic and, um, you know, give them the tools or resources they'll need to compete, you know, in the coming months and years? Uh, we were very fortunate uh, in the in the private club industry that uh, private clubs have done relatively well. Uh, the main reason being uh, that golf was one of the few things that people could do uh, during the pandemic, um, and we were part of uh, a larger organization uh, or you know a, a group of organizations in the golf industry that really uh, worked to make sure that golf courses were open uh, all across the country uh, because. You know, golf courses invite um, social distancing just by the nature. So private clubs have done well, uh, especially the golf and country clubs, because they've had uh, golf open. Uh, they've offered, you know, food to go. Uh, they couldn't bring anybody together, but they could, you know, offer food to go. Um, and then, you know, we've even seen where private clubs, the golf and country clubs have had increases in in membership, again, because, you know, that was one of the things that, that could be done. So we were as an industry, relatively fortunate that, um, you know, we were not hit as hard as, uh, as some other industries. Uh, with that said, you know, in, in fall coming on, um, you know, and, and the weather changing, you know, that playing golf isn't going to be as readily available uh, in most parts of the country. So we are instructing our clubs to uh, identify ways that they can continue to engage their members either through virtual things or, um, you know, or other may, um, methods um, so that they can continue this and, and keep it going. Um, and we're continuing to provide, um, you know, resources and information about, you know, what it's going to, what it's going to be, you know, when, you know, when this turns, you know, and we are through this, then also more importantly to look back and say, okay, was my club in a position to weather this type of storm? Um, and we've seen that, you know, some clubs have been because of, of their finances and, and what they've been able to do leading into this and others have not been. And so it's a, it's a wake up call for them uh, to say, okay, well, what do I need to do? And, and for us to be able to provide the resources and information to them that says, you know, you got caught this time. Now let's work with you to fix it so that moving forward, you're in a much better position to be able to withstand whatever the next thing might be. Now, if there's a private club out there that is not a member but wants to learn more, uh, maybe check out uh, becoming a member and understand the value that you all provide. Is there a website? 
absolutely. I encourage anyone to uh, to visit nationalclub.org. Um, where you'll see everything that, uh, that we do, all of our resources, um, only members actually will have access to them, but you'll be able to see everything that is available. Uh, but then also that provides a direct link to our Coronavirus Resource Center, uh, which is available to anybody. Uh, it's wide open to the entire public. Uh, so you can see some of the things that we have done you know, over these last uh, six months or so um, and that we're continuing to do to help clubs get through this. But uh, absolutely encourage anybody to visit uh, nationalclub.org to learn more about us and also reach out to us uh, here at the office. Well, Henry, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're doing such important work and we appreciate you. Well, thank you very much, Lee, for having me on. I do appreciate it. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Association Leadership Radio. Mm-hmm.